Welcome to episode 11 of the Unleashed Academy podcast. My name is Dylan Taylor and in today's podcast, we'll be talking about introducing the UK to SaaS. Joining me today is Stephen from our uh, UK team. Thanks for joining us, Stephen. Great to be here, Dylan. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about yourself? What makes Steve tick? So my name's Stephen Jones. I represent Unleashed Up the Team UK, based out of Bristol in the West Country. Given that I'm based in Bristol, it's pretty much cider that makes me tick. <laughs> nice. What do you do in Unleashed, in a nutshell? In a nutshell, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very good question. So. I head up our sales team in the UK, which means I look after customers in UK, Ireland, Europe. Uh, my goal and the goal of my team is to make sure that businesses that are looking at software options to hopefully make their company more productive um, are buying Unleashed for the right reasons, find out what Unleashed can do for them. We demonstrate the product and service, but really what we're looking to find out is what are the problems that they have and can we potentially solve them? Uh, and this takes the form of you know, asking plenty of questions, hopefully finding out a lot about their business. Um, and to be honest, that's you know, what makes my job exciting. Uh, I get to put myself in the shoes of a, a small uh, food manufacturer or a brewery or a small technology company. Um, and every day is different. Yeah, of course, servicing so many industries as Unleashed is not industry specific. I can 100% relate to that. So uh, you're, you're kind of like the guy with the, the needle poking the other guy saying, tell me the truth. You know, <laughs> what's the real problem? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Because that's the thing, I mean, you know, even within our business, within any business, you know, you know that there's things that you could be doing better, but you're too busy doing your job and too busy you know, living your life often to sit and reflect on how could I actually be doing this better? How much time could I be saving? And the, the findings can be pretty surprising. Um, you know, we've had examples, you know, even just in the last couple of months where we're speaking with businesses and say, oh, I just need this, this and this and I'll be fine. And actually after a few conversations, a few video calls, we find out actually that there's a much, much bigger problem there about their processes, about the way that data is shared across departments, maybe about how they're processing orders. And we can find that we're either saving people, you know, thousands of pounds because they're no longer missing those orders or hopefully saving hundreds of hours as well. Maybe taking people away from manually entering data, which I think we can all agree isn't uh, the most exciting job in the world, and maybe repurposing that person to working on product development or maybe speaking to customers or making sure the goods actually get out of the door on time. Yeah, I, I can definitely say that I've never heard the word spreadsheet and fun in the same sentence. Um, would you say that's the best part of your job? What would you say? I think the best part of the job, and I, I hope the team agrees, you know, when we get to speak to customers that have been on board for 6, 12, 18 months, you know, we're constantly reviewing and making sure our customers are, are still successful with Unleashed and hearing the stories about you know, what the impact has been in that time. To give an example, actually, from, uh, from last week, uh, a colleague of mine had been speaking with a business that had been on board that actually previously um, been using another software provider, but we won't name names. And their big issue was they really just didn't understand the cost of their products. They knew how much they spent to actually make the product, but they weren't factoring in all of the kind of charges and freight and everything else that was happening before the product got to them that they would be paying for. And the big impact that that had meant that they were selling a product for, let's say, £500 and they thought they were making lots of money. 
and actually they were making a loss every time they sold that product, would you believe it? Um, but by putting in Unleashed and particularly by following the best practice that we suggested they follow with our system, they were able to better capture their costs, uh, maintain those costs in the system and actually then to really properly understand their margin. Which at the end of the day, it's the whole kind of, you know, revenue is uh, vanity, margin is sanity thing. <laughs> yeah, margin is, uh, well, tr true margin rather is, is a key factor in any business. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about your team? Yeah, so the team, it's fast growing. That's one thing to point out. So uh, not very long ago, it was a beachhead headed up by yours truly. And we're now growing. We've moved from one office to a second office. We're now about to move into our third office, hiring for a few roles at the moment across sales and marketing. We're going to base everything in Bristol in the UK. We've started off with sales, customer support. We're going to add marketing staff. And we're also very, very lucky that We've actually got some of our senior team members from Unleashed NZ moving up to Unleashed UK in 2018 uh, to really strengthen uh, the team that's around me. Yeah, that sort of experience is invaluable. Um, moving, you know, having some of the, even one of the originals um, of Unleashed moving with you is just a great asset. That's for exactly right. Yeah, Matt O'Grady, shout out. <laughs> what would you say the biggest challenge is, is in your role, apart from spending time with your family? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, spending time at home, always a challenge. I think one of the biggest problems is, you know, when you're working with a business, maybe if they've got some staff members within their business uh, that are resistant to change, and we all do, you know, change is difficult. I think if I'm not able to connect with them on the level they require, and that means that perhaps we don't end up getting the solution, the change, the decision that needs to happen for the good of the business, that's certainly one of the challenges that I feel quite personally, you know, because it's my job to open their mind up to the benefits of using new software and the change is a positive thing. I use the term short-term uh, pain for long-term gain quite a lot, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't, doesn't come through uh, and, yeah, that can be a real, real challenge for me as a sales professional. Yeah, they say pain is just weakness leaving the body. That's it. Can you tell us a bit about migrating from being Australian-based to New Zealand-based and then now UK-based? Well, it gets colder, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm in a, in a very lucky position to have worked for this, uh, this company in, in three different countries on either sides of the world. I think the biggest thing that you notice, and I'd seen it in a previous role as well, is the cultural differences, um, you know, all English speaking. Some of us better than others, but there's definitely cultural differences there. The UK, I would say that people who are more cautious, they probably take more time to think about change in their business. And they typically look for referrals from peers or from perhaps a trusted advisor like an accountant. Uh, here in Australia and New Zealand, I think businesses are a little bit faster in terms of their acceptance to change, which you know, is good and bad. But they're also looking for advice from trusted advisors from peers as well. Yeah, New Zealand is a, is a lot different. You know, a lot, of, a lot of things are tested on New Zealand first before they're implemented in other countries like things like FPOS and that sort of thing. So I think we're sort of, in, in Australia as well, adapters, whereas, you know, the, the outside of, of our Australasia, there's, you know, a bit more resistance or, uh, you know, it's not broken, don't fix it sort yeah. of thing. Well, and you've got to remember as well that, you know, we're sat here in Auckland, uh, New Zealand, 
population sort of between six and seven million people. Um, and what that gives you, you know, with the rise of cloud computing and the internet, actually you're no longer two islands in the South Pacific. You're actually on a level playing field with everyone else, but with a great space and a lot of great people that are innovating and it gives you that place to test. Unfortunately, in places like the UK and in the USA with much, much larger populations, you know, it takes us a little bit longer to adapt. But we've got your plastic money now, don't worry about it. <laughs> nice, nice. So yeah, we're, we're pretty much the land of the long white cloud-based technology. That's it. <laughs> what are some uh, common misconceptions or myths, if you will, about cloud-based software? What are some of the myths? I mean, one of the big ones at the moment, and, and we're seeing a lot of regulatory change and compliance changes going on in the UK at the moment, and, and one of the big myths that's being um, shared around by older software companies, shall we say, is that cloud software is not secure and that there's security issues. Uh, it's obviously a very hot topic in the news right now. You'll see it on almost every night about some company having some sort of security issue or some sort of hack. And look, you know, for a small business, if you picture yourself as a five-man team running a brewery uh, with some computers in one of the offices in the corner of the building surrounded by tanks, the reality is, is that your data is safer, held in data centers, being managed by professionals whose job it is to keep that data backed up and secure, much more secure than in two servers that are sat under your desk that you might actually kick, that might unfortunately set on fire, or that might actually be stolen if there's a break-in. Yeah, I can remember talking to our IT manager about this and he, you know, had a really strong pushback saying that it's our job to make sure that the data is safe. If the data is not safe and secure, we're not doing our job properly. Of course. Yeah, of course. This is a big one, a real big one for people in the UK at the moment. Anyone who's listening to this will have heard the, uh, the four letters GDPR. Um, that's a, p a piece of compliance legislation that's coming in this year. Um, so you'll be hearing a lot more about this from us. Awesome. I look forward to hearing from that. Um, Cloud-based software adoption has varied across different regions. How have businesses in the UK responded to cloud software? Now, you mentioned that you know, they're, they're a bit hesitant, but you know, have, has there been some positives? Or? Certainly so, yeah, you're exactly right. I think there's a lot of reports out there, uh, some of them by our friends at Xero, that show that the, you know, the UK market has been slower to adopt cloud technology. And I would certainly agree with those reports based on my experience. But I believe a lot of this regulation that is coming in is making people think and look at change as a positive. In the UK, we've got a big change coming up in the next couple of years with a, a program called Making Tax Digital. Again, all about helping small businesses to run their tax affairs much more efficiently online. It's getting people thinking uh, about online technologies as a positive, a time-saving uh, activity. Uh, which is great for us. It's great for other software providers out there that you know we've been banging this drum for ten years about you know using the internet uh, to ensure that you've got access to your data wherever you need it, not simply when you're sat at your desk. Yeah, having that accessibility is is key in any in any business as well. So, you know, being able to work off you know even while you're outside of, of your office is a huge advantage to any business. You're no longer confined to that office. Yeah, it's 2018, so you know, how much work do you typically get done at your kitchen table these days or on the train or on the way to a holiday or when you're stuck in traffic? You know, it's often where a lot of people get most work done. So people need access to your email just like you need access to your social networks, just like you now should have access to your business data. 
whether that's an e-commerce site, whether that's a piece of operational software like Unleashed, whether that's your accounts. Um, it's really the time for small businesses to embrace these opportunities. And I've got a big uh, phrase, I'm sure every provider uses it, but I always talk about the David versus Goliath situation. And you know, for SMEs, if they really wanna compete with Goliaths that have got millions and millions of dollars in their IT budget to be able to actually go out and buy all the latest tech, at the very least, you've got to make sure that your information's with you at all times using systems that have mobile applications embedded within them. Making sure that you're using cloud technology is one way of trying to level the playing field. Mm. And also, you know, in natural disaster, you can just migrate to a different location, you're back up and running, BAU. Oh yeah, earlier on you actually asked me about, you know, what's one of the biggest challenges. I think it's whenever I hear a story about someone's server room setting on fire. <laughs> because it is a challenge to not say, I told you so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are the hurdles businesses need to overcome if they want to move to the cloud? In one word, planning. Um, and you know, this is many hurdles. Uh, but one thing that I see businesses, um, or one trend I guess that I've seen businesses in the last three years doing is either doing far too little planning or far too much. Um, when it comes to switching to uh, tools like Unleashed, like Xero, like Shopify, some of the providers out there, the reality is you need to do your research and you should be speaking to your peers, you should be speaking to your accountant, and you should obviously be speaking to these vendors and getting them to prove to you and showing you, and demonstrating to you that they can solve your pain points. But once that's done, you need to then make the change. There is definitely such a thing as too much planning uh, where a business will be not 100% sure it's exactly the 100% right fit for them. I think the best bit of advice, and this is unsurprising to be coming from a head of sales, is that only custom software is going to do 100% of what you need it to do. And the reality is, is that custom software is very, very expensive unless you happen to have staff in-house that can do that. Most don't. So if you're going to use off-the-shelf component software tools like Unleashed, like Xero, like Salesforce, as small businesses are looking to do now, you have to accept the fact that it's not perfect, but is it gonna solve the pain that you're currently experiencing? Is it gonna save you money? Is it gonna allow you to get that report for the next week's management meeting? The longer you leave it, the more costly this is. Compromise where compromise is acceptable. I mean, one of the things that I was told is to always have a list of must-haves and a list of nice-to-haves, and you've got to make sure that you nail those before you look at changing anything. Yeah, exactly that. Businesses ranging from small to large enterprises are switching over to SaaS as it becomes cheaper and more efficient alternatives to legacy software. Are there any changes in attitudes towards SaaS apps you have seen over the past years? Yes, yes, certainly. I mean, you know, one of the more famous uh, SaaS applications, Salesforce, uh, might be a brand that everybody knows, uh, but brands like Xero uh, are obviously growing in reputation in the UK. Down here in NZ, people have known about them for a long time. I think the general attitude changes that people would have previously said, that's just for small businesses. And when they're thinking small businesses, they're thinking like window cleaners, one man, two man, three man bands. And actually what shocks a lot of people, particularly in the UK, is when I talk about the fact that we've got customers that are turning over $50 million running their entire business operation on Unleashed and Zero. 
And for us, that's really, really exciting when you can hear a business say, well, I had a choice between unleashed and zero, cloud-based, flexible, mobile, well-connected, costing me less than $500 a month. Or I could have gone and bought from perhaps somebody like a NetSuite or a Microsoft Dynamics where the costs were in the tens and fifties of thousands. And it means that small business can then invest their money where they actually want to, which is probably in new product development or opening up into a new marketplace or maybe exporting more product rather than sinking a lot of money into upfront IT costs. Yeah, so cost effectiveness and also scalability are you know, obviously two important things when choosing any app, so it's good to hear. This is a hard one to answer, so do your best. But uh, what do you expect to see in the SaaS industry within the next five years? I mean, five years in SaaS is pretty much 50 years in the real world, but uh, have a go. I think I actually expect to see a little bit of consolidation. Um, one piece of feedback I get from businesses right now, and I expect this to continue, is that there are too many apps out there for them to choose from. So I actually now expect the role of their advisor to get more important uh, than it even has been when it comes to apps and IT. A business needs to be asking their peers and needs to be asking their accountants, their business advisors, their board members, what they've heard is working and what they might be able to recommend and suggest. Because if you're just going online and doing a Google search, you're gonna see thousands and thousands of apps out there. And for your average small business, they can't afford to be spending too much time on this software search. We know they're already losing time anyway. Um, so I'm expecting the role of the trusted advisor to continue to grow and continue to be able to offer advisory services around IT, even if it's just recommending a software tool or making a soft introduction. I think that's a, a trend we'll continue to see. Of course, from the software provider's point of view, you're gonna hear a lot more buzzwords I can guarantee you that. There'll be plenty of talk about AI and machine learning. Um, hopefully not too much of it from Unleashed. We'll concentrate on the benefits. But that's something that will be happening more and more, uh, maybe a little bit more on the accounting side. Yeah, so I guess you can kind of relate it to, you go out to a restaurant, you get a menu, it's got 50 items on the menu, and then you say, oh, what's good? Yeah. Um, you know, you're putting that, you know, your advisor has to really know specifically what they know works, what they know sells, that sort of thing to sort of basically roll off four or five options for you to invest in. Yeah, I mean, a great question for you. I, I say this to people all the time. When your friend comes into town and says, hey, Dylan, I really want to go out for chili tonight, um, do you just give them a list of eight pretty good chili restaurants or do you have one that you say, don't leave town before you've gone to this place? Yeah, you've got your go-tos. Yeah. yeah, everyone has something that through experience and through conversation, they know who the go-to is. Maybe that place doesn't have any tables or is too busy, but that's your go-to. Um, and I think you know, for accountants, for business advisors, even for me as a software professional, if someone says to me, Steve, what should I be doing for X? even if it has nothing to do with Unleashed, I make it my business to make sure that I understand the landscape, I understand who is potentially the best provider for them so that I can make a suggestion, a recommendation or an introduction. Seems like the best approach. Let's, uh, you mentioned self-drive uh, cars and learning AI. Let's talk about that. With the, with the release of, of, of those things and smart TVs, I mean, Bitcoin, um, how is all this new technology enhancing inventory management in the near future. 
um, will I be able to add Bitcoin as a currency to Unleashed? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, uh, I think the really interesting thing um, from my side, and I can geek out on this stuff all day, um, I think people are starting to realize that anything's possible um, and that technology is not big and scary. It's actually really fun and exciting. Um, you've only got to look at Elon Musk on Twitter to just see what a big kid he is and how excited he just gets about these random things happening. Um, I think that's what excites me. Um, and that's the kind of excitement that I try and get into the businesses that I'm talking with just to see this as an opportunity. Um, it's not drones coming and taking over. It is actually just people finding better ways to run their lives that hopefully leads to you know, more fun and less work. Um, I just say embrace it. Yeah, I've uh, also been told, you know, find someone that looks at you the way Elon Musk looks rockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Keys to a happy life. Cool. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the cautious nature of, you know, UK businesses and adapting the, you know, cloud-based systems. Is there any particular trends you've seen of, of you know, industries that are, you know, more likely, you know, more um, flexible in their approach to cloud-based solutions? Yeah, look, I mean, you're always going to see businesses that are maybe, say, selling their product online are already going to be thinking about how they can use the internet to better service their customer base and to better um, manage their own business. Um, so we see a little bit quicker movement from businesses that are already online. I think the really exciting part is that there are a lot of businesses out there that still see the cloud and still see online as, as a worry, maybe rather than an opportunity. And what's great is we've still got those people to help. It doesn't mean that we're only helping startups and e-commerce businesses. There's a lot of uh, breweries out there. There's a lot of machinery manufacturing companies out there. There's a lot of people making electrical components. Um, they're all still innovative companies making great products, um, but perhaps they don't see as much of an opportunity in online. And it's up for me and my team to uh, show them the way. Yeah, change is one of the biggest obstacles, you know, and, or should I say, resistance to change. Yeah, and I definitely do see, I mean, I said earlier that um, British people are more cautious in nature, and I don't think many people would disagree with that, comparing us with uh, Australians and, and New Zealanders, but that is changing. That is definitely changing. We're seeing a much faster rate of adoption now in the UK, and of course, it's a much bigger country, so it does take us a little bit more time to catch up, but catch up we will. Nice. Awesome. All right, one last question, not as serious. In the event of a zombie apocalypse, and it's uh, not if, it's when, um, how long do you think you'll survive, and what's your plan of action? How long do I think I will survive? Zombie apocalypse, ooh, this is a tough one. Um, is there a brewery nearby, or has that been wiped out as well? This isn't Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're in, you're in Bristol, you're at the office, zombie apocalypse, what do you do? I think I'll just go and get myself a cider. Yeah? I'll accept my fate. I'll go down with the ship. Wow. Poor UK team. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm not a fighter, right? It makes it sound like I'd rather have a cider than, uh, than run. Um, but I'm not a particularly good runner, and Bristol's pretty hilly, so I think going and finding the nearest cold cider is a good idea. Well, the first rule of Zombieland is cardio. <laughs> um, awesome. All right. Well, thank, thanks for your time anyway, Steve. Um, I know you're on a tight schedule, so we will uh, wrap it up there. Uh, thanks for all your insights. Uh, thank you very much for having me. 
And thanks to you for listening to the Unleashed Academy podcast with me, Dylan. Check us out at unleashedsoftware.com for more inventory tips. And don't forget to visit the Unleashed Academy for more short and sweet videos on how to manage your inventory and much more. Thank <laughs> you.